T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. The Oregon Ducks are 3-1 and the 13th ranked team in the country. They get set for a meeting with Stanford, 8 o'clock kick right here on The Fan. Uh, now we head down to Eugene to catch up on a little bit of all things Ducks with Matt Preem, 24-7 sports, Duck territory. Matt, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right, and uh, fall official here, so I'm more uh, enjoying the the hoodie season. <laughs> hoodie season is here for sure, man. Uh, okay, we we're a third of the way through the the regular season, yeah. and four games in, there was a lot of questions about Dan Lanning, how he would adjust to being a head coach, and his his staff really, especially Kenny Dillingham, the young offensive coordinator that had no experience as a full time play caller until this year. Uh, what have you learned from uh, landing in this staff through the one-third of the season? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, going into the, the year, we were, what, pretty confident in the defense, mm-hmm. pretty questionable of the offense, and it's kind of uh, inversed there a little bit. I mean, even with the three-point scored against Georgia, I think most people kind of go into games thinking, hey, the offense is explosive. Yeah, you got to worry if, if some mistakes from Bo Nix come up, which, frankly, there haven't been a lot of them. Um, he had two against Georgia. He's played perfect at home. And then against Washington State, you know, one play. And I really hope Duck fans don't focus just on one play and look at the totality of that game. He was really good outside of one moment, which was really bad, a pick six. But – the confidence in the offense is, is pretty darn good here. You know, they're averaging 51 points a game in their last three games. Um, <laughs> it was very evident the state could not stop them. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was literally just, you know, they were, give, they were giving up points, basically. It, it came down to, is it three or is it seven? But the, the defense, that's, that's kind of the surprising one here, is you're, you're thinking about, like, well, they had to replace Kayvon Thibodeau as a pass rusher, but – They've got options, and they've struggled to do that and, and create, getting pressures and creating sacks and havoc plays. And some of that, I think, is by design of the opponents that they've played. Uh, Georgia certainly got the ball out quick, went to the perimeter. Eastern mm-hmm. Washington and BYU did the same thing. Um, Stanford or Washington State, they held on to the ball a little bit longer than the pre- three previous teams, but they still got it out quick enough to the perimeter. 
This weekend, we, we'll get a real good test of that. Yeah. Stanford's going to hold on to the ball a lot longer. They take deeper shots down the field. They they do the play action type stuff. But Lanning also this week kind of commented, like, teams, they're going to see what, what we struggle in, and they're going to try and copycat what other teams have done to execute that. So Lanning's anticipating some quick stuff from Stanford as well. But long answer or short answer to my long answer is the offense is really good. <laughs> the defense is kind of suspect, which we didn't expect. That kind of leads me exactly where I want to go with this, Matt, is the how do the Ducks avoid kind of what happened in that first half? As, as, as good as Bo Nix was, he was, I would say he was adequate in the first half. And then come mid-third quarter, he just flipped it on and, and, into God tier, and the offense just got rolling. And obviously the final three minutes, they were insane. But defensively, as we, again, we talked about how the roles have kind of flipped. They got kind of punched in the mouth through a couple different drives early on. How does Dan Lanning both get the offense going a little bit sooner and get the defense on more on the aggressive edge uh, to kind of dictate to a game to a Stanford team that's just battled with injuries right now? Well, I, I think the the first half, thing, the view of that would be different if they didn't have the inefficiencies in the red zone where they, they got in there, I think, four times and they walked away with nine points and they had a pick six um, in the first half. And I don't think the offensive starts are an issue because if you go at home, the first team offense had 13 straight drives between Eastern Washington and BYU where they scored touchdowns or field goals, and 12 of those 13 uh, were touchdowns. So they're coming out firing on cylinders, but it's now making sure you don't leave points on the board. And I I just think Oregon kind of looked at at the Cougars and said, hey, we're going to run our stuff. We're not going to adjust. And it, it took them a little bit too long to adjust because Washington State isn't very big, but they are darn near fast. They, yeah, they might be one of the faster teams in the conference. And their their sideline to sideline speed was terrific. And when the field got condensed and there was less room to maneuver in, that speed was able to make up for their lack of size and physicality. And I, I think it took Oregon a little too long to kind of figure out, hey, the, the perimeter stuff in, in, in the 10-yard line area, it's just not working. we, we got to go straight at them. Um, and that's what happened in that second half is they went straight at them and it worked. Um, so I, that would be the first kind of adjustment I would think this offense makes is just go to your bread and butter. I don't know if Ken Young was getting too cute, but it, it was just too much on the, on the perimeter when you're really stout up front and you've got the big playmakers to, to go right at the, at the – at the end zone. Defensively, I don't know what the answer is because Christian Gonzalez is an elite cornerback, but Dumb. next to him, I, I don't know what you have. Yeah. I mean, TriQuest Bridges played a lot against Washington State, but teams are clearly throwing his way. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Bennett and Jamal Hill, they are very good run stuffers. I think Bennett is a very good player in space and tackling in space, but their strong suits are not coverage. Um, Steve Stevens is is adequate there, but you just don't have a lot of options. And so it's, it's what can you do maybe to speed up the process and have quarterbacks have less time to throw the football um, deep down the field. That's the one where thankfully I'm not in charge of the defense and I don't get, I don't get paid the millions of dollars to figure it out. Cause I don't know what the answer is because they don't have a lot of options from a player perspective in the secondary, which is last in the conference and pass defense. Uh, they don't generate a lot of stacks, but at the same time, you know, we're going to start seeing some teams now that hold the ball on 
a little bit longer. Maybe that, that kind of solves itself by just the way of the opponent and the style that they play. You know, and well, one thing about that is I wonder if – why aren't we seeing more of Dante Manning? Because Dante Manning came in a little bit later in that BYU game. He played serviceably there. Uh, but Dante Manning out at that corner position uh, and in coverage, wh- why haven't we seen more of him on the perimeter? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, Lanning has, has said that all three guys, Bridges, Manning, and Florence, um, they all do things pretty well, and then they all have areas that they specifically need to improve on. And at this point, I, I would read into that as Bridges is probably the most reliable from a play-to-play perspective, and he's probably the one that performs the best in practice because Lanning talked about that at multiple different positions this week of, Guys that are playing well in practice, they're starting to see it translate onto the field. And I know you're talking DBs, but the exact example he used was Troy Franklin. And he said he's night and day a better practice player now. And the stuff that they, they, they do a stumble drill that they work on ball security and keeping your balance on the exact same type of play that happened against Washington State. And he highlighted it, saying, like, we do that in practice every single day. And then he came out and executed it in a game. And so my answer to, to Dante might be, it's just, he's, you know, why we see so much of Bridges and not Dante or not Joel Florence is Bridges might be Oregon's best practice player and consistent practice player throughout the week leading up to the games. One of the things that Lisa stood out to me against Washington state, and it's something that uh, Dan Lanning uh, probably let it be known a little bit uh, during the broadcast when he chewed out uh, DJ Johnson for the, the targeting play <laughs> The uh, the penalties popping up. How much is Landon kind of talking about that and having them kind of better prepare that? Because that's like that's one of those things a head coach that ultimately I think starts falling on your plate when you move up in that seat and have that responsibility of having guys ready. How much have they been kind of driving home the cleanliness of the game going up against a team that they're clearly better on in paper in Stanford? Yeah, he he brought that up a couple times. Whether it was DJ Johnson's late hit or they've had some false starts the last couple mm-hmm. of games that have have put them in tough, you know, third and fives turn into third and tens. Um, or first and goal at the five turns into first and goal at the ten, which happened, I think, on their first drive at Washington State. And they ended up – the drive ended up being stopped at the five-yard line. They had to take a field goal. So they would have scored if it wasn't for that, that false start. Landing has talked about, you know, they, they need to eliminate the self-inflicted wounds and that they're going to ensure that that happens. And, look, we're – those are what he's talking about, making these mistakes when no one else, you know, pre-snap penalties are by far the worst. I don't think we see a lot of personal foul penalties from Morgan. Now, we had two mm-hmm. um, against or against Washington State, and you know that certainly opens the door for, for issues here. But um, I, I, I think you look at the whole length of the season through four games so far, there haven't been a ton of – personal foul penalties or during the play type stuff. And I, I think if you give coaches true term, you know, those penalties while in the moment, yes, the G.A. Johnson one is not good. You need to be better at that. Um, you're probably much more understanding of those happening than the pre-snap ones when you're in total control of it. Matt Prem is our guest, 24 seven sports duck territories where you can find his work. Uh, you know, as we're talking about the defense and when you said like the, the defense being behind the offense at this point in the season is something that we didn't really expect. 
I, I think one thing that you can look back to is we had these glaring questions heading into this year on, on the defensive side of the ball is who was going to step up on that defensive line. And on the offensive side, it was, uh, one, how's the quarterback position going to be handled with Bo Nix and what, what does he look like there? And then who emerges as the wide receiver, uh, as the go-to wide receiver. And we've had both of those questions on offense answered and not that question on defense of who's going to be the stud D lineman. The receiving, the receiver's room has turned into something that everybody kind of been hoping for and waiting for over the last handful of years. But it is yep. really on the back of Troy Franklin. Can you kind of explain his development from his freshman year now into his sophomore year where he has emerged as the go-to guy? Yeah, and he's off to maybe the best start at receiver we've seen in a while. He has more, you know, in 2019, Johnny Johnson had 22 catches in the first four games of the season. Troy, Troy Franklin has 20, but Johnny has – he didn't come close in the yards produced out of those 22 compared to Franklin. And then Franklin's 339. It's the most yards in the first four games of a season for a receiver since Darren Carrington in 2015 when he came off that uh, six-game suspension. And I think he posted three straight 100-yard games and had like 380 yards in in his first four games. So we're seeing pretty, you know, rarefied air from a position, you know, that hasn't had a lot of production. And Franklin's on pace to hit 1,000 yards. He'd be like the fifth receiver since – 2009 to to do that at Oregon um and his growth is he's bigger he, Dan Lanning has said he's gotten faster uh his, his approach to practice has improved since at least Dan Lanning arrived in the spring till now um and then I also think we may have seen this last year if it wasn't for some offensive questions that we have whether it's the play calling or whether it was the quarterback um, I, I think we could have seen some of this show more in 2021 because um, he was slated to start the first game of the year against Fresno State, and then he had an injury like the days leading up to Fresno State, and it made him limited in what he could do for the first quarter of the season. And by then, you know, they kind of established their identity and didn't want to go away from it. But he's he's showing why he was one of the best receivers in the country a couple of years ago coming out of uh, Northern California, um, really terrific player, big play guy, you know, has the ability, you know, to be a possession receiver too, but it's not just him. You know, Chase Coda is on track to have his best year in college football as a receiver. Um, he, he played four years at UCLA and he's already at, you know, going to blow out his catch you know, career-high catches for a season that's t- currently 25, and he's at 14 right now through four games. Um, Chris Hudson is very close to the same level of production that he produced last year when he was pretty solid for Oregon. And then Dante Thornton, he's on pace to double his numbers as well, if not more. Um, and some of that's just being able to play. That's going to help things. But you just look at the, what they're getting at some of these positions. I mean, Dante Thornton has just seven catches, but – He's averaging almost 18 yards a catch, and the only reason why he doesn't count in the in the top uh, rankings for the conference for yards per catch is because he's just so limited in the seven catches. If he had three more, I think he would qualify, and he'd be like in the top ten for yards per catch in the league. So they've got the explosiveness, and it's it's led by Franklin, but it, they've got multiple guys that are having really good years through through the first four games. 
Matt Prem catches work at 24-7 Sports, also uh, on Twitter, at Matt Prem. Um, make sure you give him a follow and you follow all the work of the guys at 24-7 Sports and uh, Duck ter- Territory. Thanks for the time, man. We'll see you on Saturday. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. All right. There he is, Matt Prem, uh, 24-7 Sports, Duck Territory. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.